This is the I'm Soft Podcast, a podcast for disordered eating, eating disorders, and hormone problems. I'm your host, Queenie June Borgman, and in today's episode, episode 20, we talk about food shaming. So guys, food shaming. Before I start with this subject, I have a few little announcements, and that is one... This is the last episode of season one. And what will happen to the I'm Stuff podcast is something you can discover if you listen to the end of this episode. Because there will be the announcement what will happen to it. I know I'm being a little bitch because I'm giving you a cliffhanger. But stick around and you'll discover. Secondly, it is something that I'm trying for the f- last few episodes. And that is to follow, share or comment on the podcast it depends on which platform you are what you know the possibilities are but the moment that a podcast either gets more followers or a bit more engagement exactly the same with youtube um it gets it gets to the right places it meets the right persons who need to hear it and for me that is why i started this podcast it's not you know profit based i do not have any sponsors how i do this is very like um on my own so if it could get to the right persons it would be so great so check it out share it comment follow make sure it gets to the right places and i would yeah and i'm very thankful if you could do that so that is the second announcement the third thing is is that i always talk about you know how am i recording this and i find it very important because i always forget it and somewhere midway in my story i'm just dropping it so i'm gonna do it now because it's on the beginning from the episode and at the moment i'm recording this in a stock place um next to and under clothes that are hanged here for the season fall uh that will come out um next week so i'm kind of helping with that but i cannot do a lot because on the 5th of october i got operated on my skin they removed a little bit of skin but it's on very movable joints so my shoulders uh so i cannot do a lot i'm basically sitting and eating and working behind my laptop and walking the first days was kind of painful because uh, my skin is under tension so any movement or any like how would you say that impact of of you know putting your feet on the floor and it goes throughout your body could more open the wound so nowadays to like on saturday uh, five days in between it's no problem but back then the first two three days after five october it was quite hard so i'm recovering from that i'm thankfully can do this podcast because i do not need my shoulders for this uh so yeah that's actually the the current situation that i'm operated doing well cannot move a lot but i'm happy that this will be over soon in a week or so and i will be mobile again so that is that and now let's go into food shaming so guys food shaming i'm gonna start with a word no i'm not gonna start word Guys, sorry, this is me still dealing with the after, you know, burn from the operation. But I'm gonna start with the Urban Dictionary because I do like the dictionary, but I do not like our mainstream dictionary because, in my personal opinion, a lot of people do not use that way of talking. So this is more mellow, this is more, you know, leveling. And food shaming in the Urban Dictionary is the act of judging, criticizing, 
with guilt the choices of foods you are eating. This is either by yourself or by others. And I find that very important because um, I think food shaming and how I maybe described it in the stories of Instagram um, was something that people do to you, but it can also be something you do by yourself you know having shame having guilt around food when you eat maybe for example a snickers bar because you've learned yourself or your maybe your environment that that is a bad choice so that is very important to get that there is a difference in between who is food shaming it's either yourself or it's another person that is doing that to you Secondly, it's good to know that food shaming is a modern word that maybe has been around for the last 20 years or so, but the act of it has been there for thousands of years. It can go back to the Middle Ages, it can go back to the time of Egypt, Jesus Christ, maybe even way back more, because at the end of the day, we people are made to judge, and judging has two ways. It's, it's protection, but it also have, you know, a foul way as in just being a bitch. So let's get that straight as well. Um, it has been around here for a long time, but only in the last years, maybe because of social, ugh, because of social media or because uh, us being more uh, developed, we are noticing it more and more. So... To get that, you know, a little bit of a description on what is food shaming and it's been around for quite some time. What are some examples of food shaming? Because I think we have had it in so much different forms. I'm going to take a little part of a client, what she told me two weeks ago on an example of what is food shaming. So before those, you know, example starts, I think it's very important to say that there is a little disclaimer in this episode with food shaming. And that is that not all food shaming comes from a bad heart. If you are, for example, I can give my story. I was changing my food a lot and my parents make a remark, you know, and this was my time with the fitness food. So high protein, uh, carbs were moderate and fat were low. Uh, They saw that my skin health was changing, my body composition, um, that my uh, I was more agitable so I wasn't that nice anymore Uh, also because I was in the cutting phase so they made like remarks or food shaming like especially my mom why are you eating low-fat dairy or why are you eating egg whites and why don't you take the whole egg and uh, that isn't really healthy you know so these remarks um, of course this is from not having the fully knowledge that having a fitness diet asks for a little bit of adjustment uh, adjustments in your food but it was also because of her specifically being worried and at the end of the day she was right so not every food shaming is negative only people that are sometimes trying to tell them that they're worried about you can do it that way and uh, of course it could feel like attack especially when you're like thriving maybe in your head that you're doing the right thing and you're totally you know in that flow of either destroying your body because you have an eating disorder or destroying your body because you're going hardcore in fitness or just doing fitness and you think your body can handle it but it isn't the case so not every food shaming is bad let just just let me put that out there i must say that often food shaming from yourself is bad because it often 
leads to you saying you cannot eat that because it's unhealthy or that has too much fat or that is too calorie rich for you. You cannot do that because you have XX amount of calories. So keep that in mind that often your food shaming is more in negative way than it is from a person that is you know that knows you already for such a long time and you made so much drastic changes and that the person can see that your quality of life is declining that they could make a remark about your food or maybe about your body because they are worried so back to the client that i was talking about Uh, i'm gonna give you some examples for weight gain food shaming weight loss food shaming hormone problems uh, fitness way of eating and uh, disordered eating so there are five ways um, I'm going to start with that client and in this case this is weight loss food shaming so she lost about 40 pounds in two years that's quite impressive she's about my height 5152 and she wasn't going on a healthy slope you know she was only declining in that way she had more chances on uh, chronic diseases and just very proud of her how she did this and it wasn't in a crazy way she still ate enough enough calories uh, didn't do crazy movements uh, so she was on a grind she still is but she told me about uh, some fellow co-workers about two weeks ago and that's actually how i started this last episode food shaming um they were sitting and lunching and she was just eating her you know sandwich and maybe some you no know, cookie or something a biscuit with it or a bar and some vegetables and they were like you know how how have you lost so much weight are you only eating carrots you are only eating carrots aren't you you know are you um, not eating any junk food so she was like oh wow you know i kind of feel attacked you know they're pre-assuming that i only do that and then she at some point was at the coffee uh automat you know to get that general coffee that you get for like 50 or 40 cents or maybe euro and her co-worker told her that was on the table talking about that subject you know i'm gonna skip my evening meal and i'm gonna eat in the morning again the next day to lose weight so she found it very like two-faced somehow she's saying that i'm being unhealthy but then again, you're showing unhealthy behavior. That is the opinion of my client. And it also is the opinion of me personally. Because that is not sustainable if it doesn't fit you. So um, this is, in my personal opinion, one of the like um, weight loss uh, problems with food shaming. And also sometimes a bit of body shaming. Because they say, oh my god, you lost so much weight. And no, you should stop you know, losing weight because you're now way too skinny. But some people need to learn how to adjust their perspective. Because, because they know a person maybe very long you know, on a heavy weight. Or very, um, yeah, or very easily uh, uh, confused when change happens. Because it is... It isn't in our um, mind and body to have a lot of change. We are very not, um, I'm going to say this, we cannot handle change very well as human beings. We want to have homeostasis in our body, but also in our, in our minds. And that is very hard to process when somebody changes uh, Yeah, around you. Other things with weight loss that is sometimes also very much uh, food shaming is when you're going to eat something that is 
unhealthy, you know, in eyes of society. So you are on weight loss diet, diet, you know, I don't even believe in diets anymore or using the word, but people are presuming you when you go on weight loss, then you're on a weight loss journey, you are going to diet. So in a diet, it only is, you know, your five a day healthy food. And when you're going out and you're going to take some fries or you're going to eat some ice cream, then it's like, oh my fucking God, Bonnie, you're eating ice cream. You were on a diet. What the F are you doing? And that is not the case because it's at the end of the day, it's all about energy in or energy out. But of course, you know, the food is less nutritious and often has more energy or sugar or fat or salt. Uh, but it doesn't mean that you're not entitled to eat it. Everybody in this earth deserves to eat ice cream, deserves to eat fries, deserves to eat a Snickers bar. And lo- do not let anybody tell you that you do are not entitled to get that and to eat that. So that is also very much a problem with like weight loss. That people think that they know what you should eat or somehow are deciding what you should eat. That is so shitty. Or maybe when you are uh, trying to you know lose weight and at some point you're like fuck it and it doesn't work out for two months and you maybe go a little bit back in your progress maybe you gain one or two pounds maybe four pounds and people are shaming you and they're like shouldn't you be like busy with a diet or something or shouldn't you be busy with weight loss even then you know people i just find that so rude because people do not know what's behind the story maybe um somebody died maybe you aren't in the right place maybe you know there's so much can go on and you have a whole lifetime to lose weight it shouldn't you know you do not have to compel yourself to let it happen in xx amount of times uh or xx amount of months so don't do that to yourself because the problem is often you are already very much um you know, hard on yourself, and then the outside world is going to put an extra layer on it. And that should never be the case when you're trying to lose weight. You should nurture yourself and be kind to yourself because the process is already um, such a learning process and it takes a lot of thinking and time and a lot of emotions comes with it. So don't make it any harder than it already is. Uh, Maybe this is a little like step out of the subject, but I have on my neck a tattoo and on the tattoo it's Pali Sanskrit and it says Dukkha and Dukkha means pain, stress, not being satisfied and I think even grief, I don't know if the last one is uh, the, the good translation but it means a lot and it's one of the pillars of Buddhism and for me it personally means that everybody has pain, stress or grief or unsatisfaction you know, f- feelings around something, but keep in mind that people walk with that. So never lash, never have a hard pre-assumption or say that pre-assumption out loud, uh, because you do not know what the person is facing. And a lot of people who, um, you know, have that hard opinion or say something or scream or yell at people, um, yeah, I do not really not know what what the what the essence is to do that because you could rather have a good talk and ask what's wrong and how are you doing than do that because maybe that person is depressed maybe in a few months he or she committed suicide because the person is such a have you know has such a heavy burden and you're just 
giving pre-assumptions and giving food shaming or stuff like that. And that isn't helping. So keep that in mind. Um, next to that, I'm going to give a little jump to weight gain. Because I've been there as well. And weight gain phew, was so heavy with food shaming. Because when you are in an eating disorder, um, I think the your essence is weight loss often. And with weight gain... Uh, you're going into all your emotions, all your thoughts, all your beliefs, and you're gonna you're already fighting to that because you need to gain weight because you're maybe at an unhealthy weight, your organs are not functioning, or maybe your surroundings are saying you should gain weight, and now you're somewhere at a clinic, a hospital, or with a dietitian. So this is so hard. I had an interview on the TV here in Amsterdam. Uh, last week and hands down I said it there again that weight gain is a whole other story than weight loss people compliment you with weight loss often but with weight gain it is so contradict in our society to gain weight because gaining weight is bad and losing weight is good that is like the black white thought we have so if you're gaining weight for your health what often is the case with eating disorders um, it is so hard because everyone around you uh, has another perspective. They are either in the black or white thought. And you're the only one who's actually reinventing that thought for yourself. And hopefully also for the people around you. That weight gain isn't a bad thing. When I needed to gain weight. I always like heard you know, when I was skinny. That I needed to gain weight. I should eat some loaves of bread with thick spread Nutella. And just do that. And that is also kind of food shaming and body shaming but later on when I was doing that and I started to gain weight and started to gain weight and at some point I was over my set point and I you know I just looked at full I looked bloated I also had water retention people didn't encourage me anymore to like eat food but it was more like what the fuck happened and I still know the colleague that said you know said that I came around in the evening and we have like a restaurant and he's like Queenie what happened to you and these things are so hard to hear and I still know it now even like it's four years ago or something that I still remember that because that is how society reacts to weight gain when weight gain isn't pretty anymore it's just you know straight out ugly and you shouldn't be doing that and that is not the case because your body knows how much weight it needs to restore and not society so keep that in mind that is a part of weight gain so that people don't think it's nice or people don't think it's needed these are examples of the food shaming and of course when you're gaining weight uh, certain food choices that they maybe encourage in the beginning are food choices that they're starting to the you know, starting to de-promote. You, maybe you shouldn't be eating that. Maybe you shouldn't be eating that much. Are you e- really want to eat that frequent? Why do you eat that frequent? Um, are you sure you really want to drink the full fat milk? Or shouldn't you drink half full? Um, stuff like that. Or when you go to a fast food place that you're getting shamed as well. So don't think that people that are only like full and are losing weight are dealing with food shaming people who are dealing with weight gain deal with that as well the weight gaining part was for me a little bit the same as like with eating disorders um but with the eating disorders uh because it kind of blends together uh the the part that you deal is a lot with the 
uh, food shaming that you have on yourself. I shouldn't be eating that much. I feel guilty. My eating disordering, well, my eating disorder is telling me this. Uh, I shouldn't be eating that amount. Um, I shouldn't be eating that certain type of food. I have certain food rules and maybe shouldn't eat after eight o'clock. Stuff like that. These are very um, hard to handle because these are your own thoughts, and they've become normal for you. They've become your normal. If you would, if you would like speak them out loud and you would say what you're saying to yourself to somebody else the person really would be like what the fuck and that is so rude and how can you say that to me and maybe that's a good like in between uh assignment for the people who are listening that with eating disorders write down what you say to yourself around certain foods about around certain frequencies around certain times you know that you are like okay i shouldn't be eating in the morning or should be eating in at night uh, write that down because uh, and read it to someone else. I think that's a big eye-opener on how you treat yourself. Because food shaming from yourself is way harder than food shaming from other people. So that is my tip for you in this episode. Going to hormones and food shaming. So hormone problems and food shaming. Well, just like eating disorders, um, hormone problems that are there because later on in life are often because of you know over exercising bad food intake dietary intake low fat low energy um avoiding certain products bad sleep a lot of stress and you make certain choices in that and just like eating disorders those can become habits uh you know going for fitness six times a week or avoiding certain foods or you know you name it those two both have elements of having habits uh and also in this one it's um the disclaimer that people who see you change a lot just like with eating disorders they will say things to you like are you making good food choices or are you really thinking that that's good or your hair is falling out you know uh, exercising too much and Again, they're doing that with the best of heart because they see you're changing, but your quality of life isn't changing the good way, but the negative way. So keep that in mind. And also in this group of hormone problems, often there's a lot of guilt from yourself or the food shaming from yourself around certain food products. Also here, very important to write down what you're saying to yourself how much of it is true, you know, go and do your research. And what are you actually expecting from doing this? I think it's also very important for eating disorder patients to write that down. What are you expecting from these habits? Maybe it's just weight loss, but is it really like looking critically? Is it really, really needed to lose weight at this point? Or is your life really going to be become better and fulfilled? The funny thing is I can hands down say, um, that my life did not became better when I was at my lowest weight. It didn't became better when I was at my highest weight. It became better when I was at a normal weight where I could sustain a happy life, happy social life, eat what I want without thinking much about it. And that is when my quality of life became better. And not by sitting in the fitness for five or six days a week or even more, not by doing exercises at home, not at all. It only took life away from me. So keep that in mind. The, the, the people connect weight loss uh, with 
true happiness. But true happiness it can only be brought by the mind and not by the shape of your body. So these are what of one of the examples you know for hormones and what the pre uh, or the food shaming is about. It's actually more than food shaming. It's about your whole lifestyle because often people change their whole lifestyle later on in life get a lot of hormone problems because of doing that so extreme. And often fitness is there a part of it as well or another sport a lot of cardio and because of the fitness and cardio i'm just going to make a little jump to fitness and cardio and which type of food shaming is there well with cardio if you really love it it's a lot of carbs eating you know a lot of gels maybe if you use that or lemonades and people can you like judge you on that is is it very healthy if you do long distance running um eating so much like artificial or so much stuff or so much carbs because we're in a low carb society so that is very shitty to have and with fitness um maybe you made the choice after so many years that you want to become you know leaner have a lower body fat just to see how it is and you're adjusting your food on that so you're maybe going to hear from people like maybe you're going to walk around with a chicken the whole day do you eat you may maybe some food shaming on meat do you only eat meat uh are you uh walking with a cooler are you preparing all your meals again don't you eat outside anymore Uh, are you skipping alcohol you're not fun anymore just these types of food shaming because that's what they pre-assume with fitness uh, depending how you approach fitness so this could be the case or could not be the case but it's so sad to see and if you really enjoy fitness and um, these are some adjustments you make and your friends are really not into that uh, and you getting progress or you maybe getting leaner it could maybe also be insecurity from their side so them questioning themselves how is our friendship going to be or uh, questioning their body because they see your body changing and of course this is not always the case but if you see it in more fields like wanting to have a job you want or wanting to do something you really love and they're always like make you question yourself or is it really a good idea then i should reevaluate those friends because one field okay but more fields it will be kind of a bit fishy so really that with fitness there's countless more things you know with females it's you're gonna look like a man when you're gonna do that Uh, that's the body shaming part or with males it could be the vain thing like are you gonna be vain you're gonna walk with your uh, shirt off the whole time or um you're gonna be a pretty boy stuff like that it's so sad that we have that but our society is filled with prejudge and pre-assumptions and we have to have that to keep ourselves safe so it, it is something that is animalistic it is in our uh you know it, it is in our dna it's how we are made because if we would be living in a not so well-built society and we would be living in the nature we are you know having a pre-assumption about maybe another animal we could eat and looking at it is it healthy is it unhealthy can it kill me when i'm trying to kill it for example so uh yeah it's something we have but we could be a bit more nicer because we are more sophisticated animals on how to use that. So these are all the examples that I gave. But what is the response to that? How do you deal with food shaming uh, when you are in these situations? So the response by weight loss, I would say, is that... One, if you come in a situation where my client is, you could explain because often it's a case of not having enough knowledge what you are doing. So they can think about what 
they just said and what they are planning to do if that's the right thing. So in this case, it would be, you know, no, I'm not doing that. I'm still eating everything, but I control my portion. I keep account of the calories and I just move enough, blah, 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 blah. That would be enough. Explanation, knowledge, knowledge is power, is so needed in these types of situations. And often it makes them reevaluate what they are thinking. If you are on a weight loss journey and you're kind of in a bad time and you just stopped it because you're not in a good place, you can either explain that you're not in a good place or what's going on and that's why you put it on hold. Or just you could say, you know, I put it on hold. Um, I'm going to continue with it very soon, but something came in between and that is perfectly normal and perfectly fine. I'm the one who keeps account on that and not you. For example, uh, third example, when you're eating something and they're like, you know, you can't eat that because that's unhealthy. Um, you can explain that again with the calories, again with the portions, you know, you can eat everything what you want as long as the portion is not crazy big and uh, it is in your amount of calories you can eat. And then there's no problem at all. And even if you take, you know, even if you eat something that's above your calories, you can always say, you know, tomorrow is another day. I'm going to pick it up. And having maybe this may be the best explanation, what I would say that you could give. Having a little bit of junk food is good for the soul. Or having a little bit of less nutritious food is good for the soul. Because you're not only eating for your body, but you're also eating for your mind. So with weight gain, that's an all other story because I know how it was to like explain people on how things were like going. Uh, for me, a lot of explanation was with, with my hormones because of my hormones being fucked up. I ate a, a substantial amount more because my body was very much searching on what is the healthy and safe weight again. So either you can get the whole biological uh, description of yourself, you know, I'm... Uh, gaining more weight now so I my portions are a bit more bigger because my body needs it um, it showed some signs back in the day or a few weeks ago uh, that it wasn't going that well so I need it so I get that you're like okay why are you eating that much more or that you're maybe concerned about my food choices but um, it's not your body and I know what I'm doing uh, so that could be one a second one could be that if you are trying to, you know, gain weight and you already gained the amount of weight and even a bit more, just like me, I think a lot of people with binge eating would like have the same experience that you're substantially more heavier and people start to notice and they're like, you know, what happened? Just like my colleague, you can go different ways. You can really explain how it is, but you know, that's your personal information. So if you don't do not want to share it, then you don't want to share it. And if somebody asks you to, you know, what the F happened? So why are you, why did you gain so much weight? Um, I would definitely say uh, either hormone problems, because at some often it could be hormone problems, or you could say stuff happened. I'm dealing with some uh, health issues. But uh, no worries. Um, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna heal this. I'm going to get over this. Often people think that eating uh, a lot of food or just being heavy is that you're just sitting down and stuffing your face. But if you, for example, have binge eating or what I had with the hormone problems and eating disorder, blah blah blah, you're generally sick. So you can say that 
that weight gain that I have that is substantial is just because my body isn't that healthy at the moment and I'm gonna get through it but it takes some time so please don't be you know uh, that judgmental or judgmental or be uh, eyeing that much on my body for the people with eating disorders it's so hard I just get it you know you're you're when you're very skinny and people are like being like what is uh, you know going on or becoming healthier or becoming way more heavier than before you have so many stages being very skinny and people asking you what is going on again you can tell them the real story you know and seek help or you can say you know this is none of your business uh, I have some health issues but I'm working on it these options are there but I would encourage you not to enclose yourself uh, or do, don't do like there isn't a problem you know if you're losing rapidly weight because you're afraid of eating you should seek help and maybe the person that's asking it maybe it's a person that can help you if you're trying to gain weight again of uh, trying to yeah gain weight again then you're eating more food options and people could maybe be like oh you're doing uh, you know being healthy again or oh, it's go- going great again for the people who are thinking that's going great again or if they're saying you know you're being healthy and a lot of people can react differently to that uh, please say the truth I think that's the best advice I could give you if they're like oh you're healthy again because you're gaining going to a real uh, healthy way you're you can be like you know it's going a lot better but I'm still not there yet so please don't think that or if somebody says you know oh you're you're eating uh, you look healthy a lot of people can find that triggering uh, as an eating disorder patient so also be clear in that you know say i find that kind of triggering uh, the word triggering means that if the moment you say that my eating disorder kind of you know comes up again so could you please not do that um, description you know knowledge is power telling people what's going on and what the consequences you know are when you do that is so important and maybe at some point you are at a way higher weight than you were before just like i described with the binge eating with the gaining weight then those last options what i told you about you know are options you can use so either telling you know i'm sick so that's why i'm what you know being a bit heavier at the moment but all eventually will become well i'm working on my health it either is nobody's you know beeswax so you're not going to tell anything about it or uh, you can just uh, describe to them, you know, simply explain to them that this is the amount of food that my body re- needs right now. It could be different in a few months, could be different in a few years. This weight that I have will maybe not be forever or maybe will, but that is my problem when my choice if it is a problem because you are making it a problem and I'm not making it a problem. So I think it's very, um, you need to, you know be hard standing hard on the floor and be have a little bit of tough skin when saying that because you are going into an argument because people are giving unsolicited advice and you kind of have a little bit of need to have a little bit of backbone to go into that advice and saying that you know thank you for the advice this isn't what i'm dealing with and thank you next 
So for the hormone group, it is a little bit, you know, it's all about the habits and sometimes you're changing and it's very good and you're opening new doors, but sometimes you're tra- changing and you're thriving from it, but it isn't very healthy, but you're just in that mindset that the things you planned out in your head are the things that are happening now. So it must be, you know, going well, but in the meantime, your body isn't reacting well to it. So if that happens and people are commenting on you, and you know deep down that you aren't treating your body well, keep those comments in account, you know, keep them somewhere in your head, write them down in your telephone notepad or something, and check if it's true. If, if they're re- really worried, are you afraid of eating fat? Somebody maybe says that, and next time you're trying to make your, I don't know, uh, your breakfast, and you're afraid to eat the whole egg, are you really doing that well? Uh, same goes actually for eating disorder patients because they're often in denial. Keep track of that, you know. Are you doing well when you are um, uh, recovering maybe from your eating disorder around food? So keep that in mind. And for the hormone group, so I'm just jumping to the hormone group again. If you really are doing well and making choices that are very well for your body and people are still commenting on that and you're not having any like... Um, Uh, symptoms of what I just listed, low sex drive, uh, hair loss, um, bad skin, uh, no uh, period, uh, stuff like that, then you could say to them, thank you for being that concerned, everything is fine, I can assure you that, and I'll keep an account when those things maybe start to happen, what you're describing, but for now, I'm doing totally fine. So that is something I would really like to give you for that part. Then the last group, the fitness group, you're changing maybe your lifestyle. People get a little bit of threatened, get intimidated. What do you say to the people who are having prejudges around your food, around you maybe eating too much meat, around you maybe not having a social life anymore because of your fitness lifestyle? Mostly this will be friends and family, but you know, I would say, guys, I really want this. Uh, I want to give this a try. I want to see if this lifestyle is something for me. There will be some changes. Don't feel like totally offended or uh, in danger because of that. It would be super cool if you could help me out with certain choices, you know, or not like force me to drink XX amount of beer when I'm only like settling for two or three. And yeah, there will be some changes in my lifestyle maybe. Maybe not too drastic. Maybe on some points there will be some changes that you find drastic, but let me try this out, and I really need to find my balance in this as well, so instead of just, you know, um, making it harder for me, could you please help me uh, with finding that balance, I think that's very important, it's something that I never said in the beginning, also with the fitness journey, and seeing how I Uh, so many years later started with the journey of recovery or started with the journey of getting my period back and I told people you know could you please keep that in account that I'm trying to do this and not judge me because later on I learned from my mistakes Um, that was so freeing also with fitness goals you know um, if you say that you're you're asking people for help and it's a whole other attitude than going into somebody you know and getting started the discussion so ask your friends you know to 
to help you with that. And if they don't help you with that, again, keep a little bit of an eye on that. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, eventually you maybe get a new group of friends and another group of friends. I have that as well. I have a fitness group of friends and another group of friends that I eat junk food with, you know, and go out and bake and go to uh, bars and drink or we go to uh, amusement parks and stuff like that. So often you get maybe like a divided group of friends. That can happen as well. But do like tell them what you're... Uh, all about what is going on in your mind because that can uh, get how would you say that get a lot of uh, arguments out of the way and the last bonus in this and this is something that I uh, lately discuss with a lot of clients because they feel like a social pressure when they're losing weight and this is a little bonus one uh, when they're losing weight they're out with friends and family and friends or family expect them to eat something that they either made or just because it's routine but you have a certain goal and maybe it's weight loss uh, like often it is weight loss so what are you going to do uh, because a lot of people feel that social pressure of eating because somehow people feel socially or mentally well when somebody eats something that they made or when they eat a certain amount or when they drink with them because there's this social pressure so what i say uh, i really actually almost never personally feel that because I'm very like stubborn in that so no is no and yes is yes but what I always do in these uh, situations and I've been in a lot of those situations <laughs> is that um, I always tell them that um, I really don't fancy that at the moment or I take a little bite of it and I'm like okay just give me a little piece and I'll try it or just say that, you know, I am doing this weight loss journey and I want to keep it sustainable. Of course, I'll take a little bit. But if I really don't like it that much as that other product, then I'd rather eat more of that than from this. And I often have that with like, for example, cake. I'm a really cheesecake fan, you know, and I'm not a big chocolate fan. So I have a little bit, a bit of the chocolate cake and I'll just eat a slice of cheesecake. And my explanation with that is is that I really enjoy the other product so why would I force myself to eat that would you do that to yourself as well uh, and that is often the case that it is a no because you would like to eat what you want and not get force fed by people only because of their thoughts so keep that one in mind for the people who are dealing with social pressure around food just state that you really would like to eat what you really crave and at the moment that is not that product what they are offering so guys now to the i'm stuff podcast what is going to happen with that so the i'm stuff podcast is gonna hang around for season two there are gonna be 20 episodes there are gonna be speakers from all over the world talking about mental health around food and their journey of or of wow we're gonna go dutch again or another subject in that matter and i'm saying mental health because i'm stuff podcast is gonna make a switch to mental health so the intro that you always hear about uh, disordered eating eating disorder hormone pro ugh, hormone problems is going to become mental health around food I'm your host, Queen Jun Borgman, you know it. So the reason why I'm doing that is because that I find that I exclude a lot of groups that can be helped but are not being helped by the podcast. This has some pros and cons and I've definitely been thinking about that because the moment, for example, just like I did with this episode today, food shaming, I introduced the problems that people face with weight loss, that people have with a fitness journey, 
These are groups that I normally not introduce in these episodes, but they face almost the same problem as you uh, as listeners and they're listening with either disordered eating, eating disorders or hormone problems. But because society split us up in our you know minds that people with eating disorders are maybe skinny people that really desperately want to lose weight and have strange habits with food, that people that are maybe fuller around, for example, 300 pounds or so, are not dealing with that. Well, that is not the case. They have strange habits around food. They really want to be skinny. They really want to lose weight. They are desperately doing strange things to do to gain that. They've been dealing with that for years. Like maybe you are dealing with eating disorder for years. And these groups are never, you know, are never con- combined or joined together as as in these are two different groups with two different problems while they're so near to each other and as a helper as a dietitian i see that and that's why i found it very unfair that i excluded these groups uh so long uh so weight loss or weight gain just because of the sake that you want to gain weight or lifestyle changes um people who are shredding down or are bulking up for fitness goals I find it very important to include these groups as well. The differences between me and I think the normal uh, podcast episodes of other people, and I'm not going to shade them, is that of course I give some tips, of course I give some tricks, but for me it's about the mental health in these groups. And that is the main difference for me. I want to talk about the mental health with them. I want to talk about their challenges and how can you work around that? How can you face that? How can you heal from that? And not per se on how can I get a six pack and how much protein do I need to eat? And um, how can I cut down the best before a show, for example? So these groups are going to get included in the I'm Stuff podcast. Uh, the intro will be a little bit different but because it's going to be mental health and it means for me, but also for you as listener, that you keep account on yourself when you hear something that you find triggering. Because I cannot filter anything so uh, or everything. So, for example, we had the episode with Nick Dompierre. Uh, at the beginning of the episode, I had a little intro with, you know, if you find this triggering, step out of it uh, and don't listen to it. This is the disclaimer and the heads up you get from me for certain episodes when I think personally it's not appropriate for a person who is in recovery of anorexia and who's trying to gain weight to listen. I hope you keep yourself accountable as uh, as well that you not seek things that could maybe um, give you uh, triggering thoughts. So that is a little bit of the new season of the I'm Stuff podcast. Still going about eating disorders, still about hormones, still about disordered eating, but adding the groups of fitness, of weight loss, of weight gain for people with lifestyle changes, chronic diseases, and the mental health they problems or challenges they face in their journey and talking about that and how, you know, which tips and tricks help with that. Oh, I hope you stick around with that. I hope the group even becomes bigger at the end of the day and we can all be more opener and freely about you know mental health in all these processes Uh, again a little disclaimer from my side i have had experiences in all these groups uh i have gained weight lost weight bulked got you know lost period changed my lifestyle eating disorder you name it 
but that is only my experience i do not know everything and i always try to say that so keep in mind that these are always like additions to your ways of thinking and maybe it helps you to think a different way or think a little bit critical about what you're doing and maybe you can change that so your quality of life improves but again i do not have all the answers the i'm stuffed podcast do not have does not have all the answers but i'm trying to help you out here and I'm hopefully it works. So I'll see you in season two. And that is kind of cool for everybody who's listening. Because next week in season two, episode one, I'm talking to... I hope I'm using the good word actually. (laughs) In Dutch it's redacteur. But it's a writer from the site Proud to be Me. It's the biggest Dutch site for eating disorders. And I'm talking with Irena about uh, her you know journey stuff with bulimia and like that so if you are curious to that keep an eye on that and i'll see you or hear you or you hear me next week Thank you for listening to the I'm Stuff podcast. If you would like to know more, you can go to imstuff.nl and start working on your relationship with your food, body and mind. And I'll see you the next time.